Guys, five movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is your American ninja, Frank Pelican. <laughs> you are listening to episode 60, and last week's category was Ninjas Attack 3 Potpourri. Um, so this was kind of like a free-for-all, wide open for Frank to, to pick any ninja movie he wanted. Which one? And you red-carded me. So uh, what movie did, did you pick for us, Frank? Uh, we had to watch American Ninja 3, Blood Hunt, which was one of the American ninjas I had not seen yet. Mm-hmm. So I was super excited to um, to watch it. <clears throat> I'm sure you were super excited to watch it as well. Yeah, whatever. I yeah, mean, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> you're trying to. You're tr- I think you. I think you were trying to like possibly punish me. And um, eh, okay. No, no. I I I knew this movie would at least be entertaining. Okay. The, I've never. So, I've never honestly never seen an American Ninja movie. This is my first American Ninja. I've never no. seen the dude call like American Ninja. That's that's because you're a fucking like Philistine. <laughs> um, so before we talk about this movie in particular, I want to talk a little bit about Canon Films because you sent me a text this morning or yesterday saying that you want me to, like about the the plot of this movie. Here's what I want to say about so like five o'clock, man. Like it all just runs together for you, doesn't it? Man, whatever. Every day is the same. <laughs> was it five o'clock this evening? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> um. So when Canon was bought in the late seventies by um, Golan and Globus, uh-huh. these two Israeli filmmakers, they started buying like any cheap ass movie script they could get their hands on and making it because they could make money off of them. And one of the ways that they made a lot of money is they filmed in places that were non-traditional. So they would find like developing countries or countries that didn't have a large film industry and they would negotiate deals where they could like film in like like different locales and stuff. So a lot of times when you watch movies that are that are canon films, especially from like the early 80s or like the mid 80s, you're seeing things that maybe weren't necessarily in the script, but were just based on the happenstance of where they happen to be filming. Mm. this movie's filmed in south africa it's one of the few movies i think i've ever seen that was that i know that was filmed in south africa that's not like Mm. explicitly set in south africa or like you know about like apartheid or or steve biko or whatever um so it's really interesting to watch this movie that's supposedly set on a tropical island that's actually filmed in south africa and we're going to talk about a couple things that i think were just like the filmmakers found something and were like, fuck it. Like, let's put this in the movie. So there are certain elements of the plot that I don't necessarily think make sense from a plot perspective that are just there because they wanted to film them and like, you know, kind of bloat the runtime a little bit. Okay. There's a couple of things that I'll ask you. I think that's related to what you just described at some point. So after the two Michael Dudikoff helmed American Ninja movies, one and two, um, this is a departure where we now follow um sean davidson uh and you start out in the beginning of the movie where sean davidson and someone named like other child are watching men beat each other up in like a pit fight that's supposedly like super popular and all these people are like really stoked to watch um so for no reason oh so there's this weird thing where sean sean's dad is like a karate fighter even though he looks like over the hill rick rude and he's getting like stretched out by his um his uh Japanese masseuse Ichiko or something like that. And Ichiko's like, "Hey, where's Sean?" And the dad's like, Psh, "Where's a kid when you need him? I don't know." 
So, like, father of the year, like, right away. Mm -hmm. So, Sean, for no reason, in the middle of, like, this, like, epic karate battle, is like, hey, I'm going to go this way. And his friend is like, oh, I'm going to come with you. And Sean's like, nah, just stay here. I'll be back in a few minutes. So, for no reason, he just gets up and starts wandering around the bowels of fucking, I don't know, karate kingdom. Mm -hmm. So, then there's these vaguely European antagonists who are driving in like town cars and on their way to apparently secure the funds that they need to open their plant and leave America forever so they can whatever like be rich somewhere so these fucking international terrorists their idea of setting themselves up for life is to go rob this like rinky dink karate fight in the basement of this arena it's like mm -hmm. basically like a step above like cockfighting right. so they're like oh we're not we're not trying to kill anybody if nobody gives us any trouble they'll be fine but then of course like the fucking kid is there and they immediately run afoul of the kid and the kid bites one of them and then dad's like sean and then he gets shot and then the bad guys flee after robbing the place so they've robbed the place and then they shoot the dad and then they flee so then, and this is where, like, the movie kind of starts to lose its credulity, is <sighs> this child who's, like, eight, I think they say, or nine, mm -hmm. is then taken into custody by the Japanese masseuse and just taken to Japan. Yes. So, apparently, like, no family or anyone that cares about him in America <clears throat> where the stranger literally who's just like a massage therapist is like oh yeah i'll take the kid so he just takes him but then you find out that the massage therapist is really a master of some martial art but who mm -hmm. knows what um so <clears throat> so real quick with this beginning is it just me or was there some kind of weird dubbing that was going on um, oh yeah the, the kids are definitely dubbed yeah the kids are dubbed and i'm positive that at least one of them i think is uh an adult that is putting on a child's voice in the dub oh probably well remember this is filmed in south africa so they're trying to portray american children but they're probably south african actors so they have some kind of mm. accent so they can't mm. have them use their real voice so they're just dubbed in so that's another thing that's one of the benefits of filming in like a foreign country like this especially because at the time you know this is this is like during apartheid so like they probably got some kind of incredible deal to film there mm-hmm they're getting all these actors for like no money right so you fly in your principals you've got um uh what's his name um david bradley steve james david bradley steve james um you know michelle chen those people you have to actually pay like a real like salary to but shit like all the extras you don't pay them anything like so they probably got all these people for almost free anyway so that's why it's dubbed in my 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 guess mm -hmm. um so anyway, so Sean is in Japan in 1979, and then in 1980, he's come a long way, and he's a master student. So cool, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, Izumo or Izumo or whatever, like, trains him to be this expert karate fighter. And then all of a sudden, it's like a decade later, and he's the cover um cover man cover karate man 
of like karate fighter magazine and he's like world famous mm-hmm. so he's flying over to this he's flying with all these other people to this crazy island where there's this like almost like the kumite or whatever from Bloodsport, where it's like all these all these super karate fighters are gonna like get together and fight each other to find out who the greatest fighter is but here's the secret about these karate fighters is the reason they're going over there is because one of the guys from the opening segment cobra is actually this evil scientist that's trying to find the strongest man because he has evil designs on proving how potent his viruses although i don't think they tell you that quite yet but he 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 needs the strongest man so he's enlisted um chen who's this uh or chan chan lee who's this female ninja to help him find the strongest guy to see he's tricked chan lee you don't find this out yet either because it's very convoluted but he's (laughs) tricked chan lee into thinking that what he wants to do is end all disease in the world so she thinks he's looking for the strongest guy to like test this cure on when in reality he's looking for the strongest guy to give the virus to to prove to all these international terrorists that the virus can kill people right because you couldn't just give it to a regular person because they might think what if there's a super strong person that the right. virus can kill yes. what's the what's the point in having it but you know cobra cobra's got it plotted out so so what is the guy's so the, name <laughs> david bradley so the person that decides it's the strongest person to test out on is david bradley well no but that's why they have the kumite happening because they want to find they they get all the strongest fighters in the world and they want to see who the strongest fighter is because the strongest fighter is obviously the strongest person and that's the person that you want to give the virus to to Mm -hmm. kill to prove to all the terrorists that you've invited to your country and they're all very stereotypical terrorists. Like, there's a couple Nazis. There's some people in like Arabic garb. Like, you know, it's it's like your your potpourri, so to speak, of like terrorism. <laughs> yes. So the Cobra is trying to like tell you know he's like, oh Chan, like you get me the strongest guy. I'm gonna give him the virus and cure him. And people are like, oh my god, it can cure anything, <laughs> which is like this also the stupidest premise ever. Right. Anyway, so. Of course, Sean enters. Oh, so Sean meets up with um, star of the previous two American Ninja movies, um, uh, Curtis Jackson, who is uh, Michael Dudikoff's best friend in the first two American Ninjas. Um, so he is uh, he's there for the swords, as he says, because he's got like Chinese fighting swords. Mm-hmm. So he meets up with them and they meet, then they meet up with this ridiculous like twig of a guy named Dexter who's also there for the fighting. Mm-hmm. So they're all like friends because they're American. And then they immediately like stereotype every other nation. So then they're there for the fighting. So of course, Sean wins his first match, even though like, you know, it's, it, it's touch and go. Cause they both have a point. And then Sean doesn't get his second point because he was out of bounds, but then he decisively kicks the guy in the face. So now they want Sean. They got to, you know, th- this is the guy we got to have. This is the strongest guy. So then you find out that the other guy from the beginning, um, uh, who looked like um, Jerry's uncle from Seinfeld. That's that's who I thought it was. Uncle first. Leo. Yeah, I thought. I swear to God, I thought it was Uncle Leo because he's got a little mustache. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is Uncle? What, what is this guy doing in this movie?" <laughs> I guess, but see it's that, yeah. but it's not. So the Uncle Leo lookalike, whose name is Yehuda Efrani plays a character named general andreas now 
this is another part where the plot is a little convoluted because General Andreas is like the generalissimo of this country, but he's not the leader of the country because that's the minister. But the person that has the most power in the country is the Cobra, although the Cobra has to pretend that General Andreas has the most power because that plays into his plot, even though he reminds General Andreas twice that Cobra really has the most power and he can take General Andreas's power away from him. So it's very like it's a really complex political structure in this country, wherever this country might be, um, because you never know like who's on top, right? And it's is it the guy with the viruses or the guy you know from Seinfeld? So anyway, so General Andreas, he's super antsy. Like he just wants he wants them to whatever. Like give me the virus. Like I need the virus now. Like you got to like, like push this through. So so these scenes I told you off air like uh, during the texting earlier the these scenes you're describing this is where it's like i feel like stupid and i feel like i got confused and i don't understand the plot of the movie like all right only in so the broadest you, strokes do i under i like i understand it but it feels like there was a lot of extra information going on in these scenes that didn't ultimately matter and my brain just didn't process right am i explaining it to you pretty yeah, well? yeah sure yeah okay yeah so cobra sends chan to get Sean, but it doesn't work. So they decide that what they have to do is they have to break into East Bay, um, East Bay Laboratories. Oh, I'm sorry. So Cobra comes or Chan comes to get Sean by pretending to be Zumo. Right. But you don't know that yet. You don't find that out till right. later. So Sean sees Zumo and he's like, oh my God, my mentor got captured. And then proceeds one of the most hilarious, like running, like beat em up scenes in any movie ever, including a part that I think I described to you as being like a reenactment of a Royal Rumble spot yeah. where Sean is on top of a building and basically skins, like avoids getting like pushed over the, the top rope, but then knocks the guy over the top rope. That guy skins the cat. Until Sean just hits him with a roundhouse and he mm -hmm. just like falls to his death. A lot of ninjas getting killed here. So the ninjas are part and parcel with, with Chan as Cobra's like elite force, but they all just get their ass beat like constantly. Like there's no ninja in this movie worth his salt, except for every once in a while when like for a plot reason, somebody needs to like get the upper hand on one of the heroes. Mm -hmm. Um, so Sean chases his mentor, can't find his mentor. There's this hilarious scene where um, Curtis is like, hey, why don't we go to the local authorities? And and they're all like laying in like short shorts on this like beach blanket, like talking to each other about this for no fucking reason. <laughs> they, they are. And he's like, hey, why don't we go talk to the authorities? And Sean's like, nah, I don't think that's going to work. And Curtis is like, but maybe it'll work if you talk like I talk. I guess insinuating that because everyone in the country is black, then because Curtis is black, that he can, like, somehow get over. But then he goes to the police station and proceeds to be the biggest asshole. Like, just insults everybody and calls, like, this one guard Godzilla for no reason. And is, like, pushy with, like, the captain. And, I don't know, he just gets nowhere. And finally, right. he's like, well... I, I guess I'm not I'm I guess I'm not gonna get anywhere here. I'm just gonna leave. And it's like, right, asshole. Like, what'd you even go there for in the first place? This is... If you watch the first two American Ninjas, you'll understand what a fucking prick Curtis Jackson is in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Um, anyway, that's fine. So 
and he's in a lot of canon movies from this time period um i Steve, love that guy oh he's fantastic but he is yeah. a fucking dick <laughs> like everything he does is about like he's either gonna fight you or fuck you and that's like the whole thing right and he right. high fives people out anyway so they decide that what they got to do is they got to sneak into East Bay Laboratories, which is where Cobra is stationed, to find out like what's going on and rescue um, Zumo. So here's one of the scenes where I'm talking about where it's like, it doesn't make any sense, but it's there because I think they just found it and they were like, yeah, this is pretty cool. So they, they're sitting on the beach and this arc light airplane which i don't know if you're familiar but they're like really lightweight like single man mm-hmm. like open flying machines mm-hmm. these were really popular around here in like the late 80s like a bunch of people built them because you don't need a pilot's license to fly them or any- anyway so they see it and sean's like well maybe we'll just drop in so then they go and they steal two of these airplanes from just some random barn and a truck, because their plan is that Sean and Dexter are going to fly over into East Bay Laboratories, and then Curtis is just going to park outside in the stolen truck, and then that'll be the way they can make their getaway. But as they're flying, um, Dexter's a fuck-up, and his plane like has a leak, and then he starts to... It's this really long scene where it's obviously not the two actors because it's two dudes wearing like full face masks where Sean is providing like Zen guidance from like a thousand feet up to, to Dexter as he's like falling to his death in this goddamn airplane. But eventually Dexter lands on the back of the truck and then and Sean from like far away with no radio communications, like, Hey dudes, I'm going to go. You come wait for me. So the only reason for that is just so they could have these airplanes okay, fly around. That that was that was one of the scenes I was going to ask. Is that what you're trying to describe? Because that scene just felt like it was just forced into the movie. Right, a hundred percent. Because they had access to airplanes, and they were like, "Well, shit, yes. like, yeah. let's have somebody fly these airplanes, and we'll." Right, them. that's what it felt there's like. A, yeah. There's other scenes where this happens too, mm-hmm. like. There's a scene where when um, Sean is chasing him at one point, um, they run down a spiral staircase into like an old abandoned like uh, mm. ballroom or something. That shit's only there because they found some abandoned building they could use. Like, there's no reason for them to be in that building at all, except that like it looked cool, which I can appreciate. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you're using the the area. Sure. Uh, there's another part. What else is that I think was. Like the re- like they took him to Cobra's boat for no reason, just yes. to take him back to Cobra's lab. Yeah. And a hundred percent, the reason for that was because they had access to a big boat. Yeah, I was going. And to they could the boat film was the other one. Yep, they could film a bunch of fight scenes on this boat. But there's like no reason for them to ever go to the boat, and right. there's no reason for General Andreas to be on the boat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right. So but yeah, to your point, like that, yeah, those are the two scenes. It was the plane and the boat is the ones I was like, what, what is going on here? And okay, that makes more sense now. So Sean gets taken captive. Long story short, and um, Chan realizes that Cobra is evil, and she's always been on the thought that like he's a good guy. So she immediately like turns into a good guy and starts to help the good people. So then what they got to do is they got to go rescue Sean because he gets injected with the virus by Cobra. 
Cobra also has this dude that's like the least threatening, I don't know, like Ryan Styles looking motherfucker on the planet who's just like his assistant, but he can like, he just shoots people. And all these people that are these invincible ninjas and the other. T- so the real, the real secret of American Ninja 3 is that if even like a couple people actually had guns, the movie would have lasted like five minutes because all you got to do is shoot them and they're dead. Like the problem is they're throwing ninjas at each other. And so they're just ninja fighting all over the place. And mm-hmm. you're never going to beat a ninja with a ninja. You just got to beat a ninja by shooting them because Chan, who's like the most unstoppable ninja in the movie, she just gets shot and dies anyway. I'm also getting ahead of myself. So they take Sean to the boat and then Chan's like, Oh, we got to go save him. I'm a good guy now. And they're like, okay, like we buy that. You're a good guy. So let's all go. So somehow, even though the bad guys got a head start with Sean, they make it to the boat first. So they see Sean getting carried on the boat. So they get on the boat and general Andreas is there and he's got a gun and he's like, I don't want anybody else. I just want him because again, I guess, even though he doesn't have the virus, he has Sean, and Sean is the key to everything. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's the key to everything because he knows that Cobra wants him to prove the power of the virus. And so he wants to keep Sean as like leverage so Cobra will give him the virus because that's ultimately what he wants. This is just me interpreting like the plot itself. I don't know if that's actually true, but I feel like it's true. Um, so then Sean, who's like, infected with the most hellacious virus on the planet all of a sudden ninjas up and like knocks the gun out of dr andreas's hand and then they shoot him and kill him so then he's dead and you get this nice flashback to andreas killing sean's father in the bowels of karate kingdom and then closure right so it's awesome like sean actually is whatever he's he's good so then chan does this weird like finger thing and does some ninja power and cures him temporarily of the virus so then they're like all right now we got to go we got to go take out cobra like this is our the, the final thing we have to do so you find out that chan can change shape this is where you find out that she was a zumo and you find it out because sean looks at her and he goes Oh my god, he calls her a couple things like you're a master of Hadi Vichy or something. And you're right. you're the ku- Kumabari, and she's like, yes. And he's like, You're a Zumo. And she's like, Yes. So even though um Curtis has been trying to fuck uh Chan for like the five minutes that they've been friends, you know for certain that now Chan and Sean are in love. Um and of course, like all like loves in a movie where an asian woman is like a tool of a white man um she gonna die right so Mm -hmm. that happens soon and i already told you that happened because i told you that the fucking ryan style shot her um so they go back and so she shapeshifts into the minister the minister of the country's assistant who everybody just lets into the place um while sean and dexter sneak in and and I mean, I'm getting a little tired of telling this story now because it's like feels like it's been like a million years. Long story short, there's a whole lot of ninja fighting. Um, well, because it's the same thing over and over again. Right, right, right. But it's just it's ninja fighting in different ways. <laughs> and in reality, it's not even ninja fighting. It's karate fighting with like throwing stars once in a while. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so she sneaks in Swords. to Cobra and, and he knows it's her. 
and she's trying to steal the antidote to cure Sean, but Ryan Stiles shoots her and she dies. Um, so that's one main character that's dead. Um, so then they're all fighting outside. They're having their ninja fights and they're trying to make their way in. And Dexter gets shot with an arrow and he dies. But the thing is, is that Sean catches two arrows that are shot previous to that. And instead of like dropping one and catching the one that kills his friend, he whips him around and throws him into the chest of the ninjas that shot him. Because it's much more important to look badass as you kill your foes than to save the life of the guy that's like your scrawny. And here's the thing. I don't think anybody actually likes Dexter because Dexter's a tool. Right. But, you know, I mean, you see still like he's the American. He's so pointless. He really is. He's just there to take a couple punches and throw a couple kicks. Mm-hmm. So, finally, they're inside the laboratory. And... um. Curtis kills Ryan Styles, like, and then so Sean is confronting Cobra. So Sean's super sick, and Cobra's like lording over him because you know you're gonna die, blah blah blah. So then Sean does the fucking finger thing that Chen did and heals himself and makes all the veins in his body like pop out because he's pushing the poison out of his body. Mm-hmm. So in a way, he's actually proven the entire movie to be a waste of time. Because he could have just done that anyway, and Cobra would have, like, they would have been like, oh, my God, your fucking virus doesn't work for shit, Cobra, you suck. And then that would have been it. Right. And he just would have been a laughing stock. But instead, we had to go through all this. Um, So he, like, superpowers up. And then Cobra's like, hold on. And he turns off the lights. And so every time we're in Cobra's mysterious lab, which is, like, the most ill-equipped lab ever. It's just, like, a couple of tables with a bunch of Bunsen like a bunch of like beakers and Bunsen burners or whatever. <laughs> he turns off the lights. And so there's these five dudes that are infected with various stages of virus. And they all have like wounds on their body, but they don't do anything. They just stand there. And they're like, they're just there as like, they're na- like n- naked men in like thongs basically. And they're just there, I guess, to show the potency of the virus. But then Cobra turns off the lights and turns them back on. And they're all fucking ninjas. But they're like pink ninjas or something. So then Sean has to beat up all the pink, like poison ninjas. So he like kills all them. And then him and Cobra get in this fight, and Cobra like lands a couple punches, but then Sean like beats him up. And so then Curtis shows up and he's like, Hey, um, I got the antidote. And he's like, and Sean's like, I don't even need it anymore. And Curtis is like, Oh, you don't even know what I went through. And then Cobra jumps up and he's still got the hypodermic needle that's got the poison in, and he jumps at Sean. But Sean just roundhouse kicks him and, like, I guess kills him. I don't know. Because they're like, yeah, this is over. It seems like it. Yeah. So then, even though the love interest and the best friend are dead, Curtis is like, let's get out of here. And Sean's <laughs> like, yeah, let's go. And Curtis is like, next time we get in a fight, you got to promise me something. It ain't going to be ninjas. I've had enough ninjas. Which mm-hmm. is a reference to the previous two American Ninja movies where he does fight a large amount of ninjas. Sure. Um, so that's American Ninja Three, Blood Hunt, in a nutshell. So are one and two better than this in terms of quali- like quality of filmmaking? Uh, sure. Okay. I mean, they're they're better movies. I think I, the problem is that Michael Dudikoff is, for better or worse, like a much more compelling lead than the dude that plays Sean. 
I would hope so. David Bradley is a fucking like wooden monster. Like he, there's <laughs> nothing good about David Bradley. Yes. Dudikoff actually is is fun to watch and funny. <clears throat> and, and the thing is, is that Bradley or Sean is not like really a ninja. He's just a dude that knows karate. And he's a really good karate fighter, but he's not like ninja up. You know, like mm-hmm. Dudikoff is a fucking ninja. Like he's really like an American ninja. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, I I think this movie's a lot of fun. It made me laugh several times. I think it's maybe a little, little too long for like what it is. Oh yeah, it's fun. I'm just saying, like in terms of quality, I wonder were the first two considering this is the third now movie and it doesn't have the original lead. If if the quality, if the production quality basically has went down from the first two, no, it's it's it's, it's pretty much how canon is. Okay. You know. I mean, there's going to be, like, a couple things that are sort of interesting when you see them, and most of it's just very utilitarian and, you know, pretty decent combat scenes. But for the most part, you're really just seeing, you know. Yeah, I I really like the uh, choreography of, like, the fights and stuff in this. I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah, they do a pretty fantastic job with that. And there's, like, that's that's the hallmark of all the canon movies, Um, is the, like, the the hand-to-hand choreography and also in their more um like action-oriented combat-oriented like in the the gunplay um Mm -hmm. choreography um invasion usa missing in action that's a canon film okay um there's a lot of stuff from the mid-80s cobra cobra's canon Hmm. um really yeah yeah. so there's a lot of stuff from that time period that you know, really evocative of like when you think of action movies of the 1980s, Delta Force, like, like you think of, you know, canon. And like I said, they would buy any shit script. They actually got not in trouble, but they were like sort of frowned upon for a couple years because they read um, James Cameron's spec script for um, First Blood Part Two and basically made Missing in Action like before. Mm. Um, they can make Rambo, which is mm. pretty funny. So, hmm. but yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's American American Ninja Three, Blood Hunt. Yeah, I I enjoyed it overall. Like it was only in hearing you describe it, it made I didn't even know or think about it. Is that it's just the same repeated situation over and over. It is, but until I mean, you were discussing it, it was like, oh yeah, I guess that was just the same thing over and over. It's like it's here, let's here's have- the thing we got to get in there. Curtis Jackson got to take off his shirt, you know, and then um, Sean's got to like ninja fight some people, and that's about how it goes. Dude, Steve James that plays Curtis, I really like a lot, and I don't understand how he wasn't more utilized during this time. Because he, because he died. Oh, okay. He died in like ninety or ninety-one. I don't know. Okay. He didn't live very. He didn't live very long after this time period. He is super utilized for several years, and he's really in like. A very large. He, he's in a large number of canon films because he's in okay. the first, at least the first. I think the first four American Ninja movies, and he's in that one shit, the one that I I had Orion watch that one night where it's um, him and Dudikoff are like he's he's a senator, and he gets killed. God, what is that movie called? Uh. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. 
I think the only thing I would have really seen him in um, that I do think I remember him is um, To Live and Die in L.A. He has a role in it. And I do think I remember him when I like looked him up before. But yeah, he's um he's pretty entertaining to watch. I mean, like I said, he's just kind of a smarmy dick in like everything he plays. Um, he's actually Michael Dudikoff's enemy in the start of uh, American Ninja, hmm. but they they become friends after Dudikoff like beats his ass. Um, because the only thing he respects is strength. So yeah, so. Yeah, I didn't have necessarily a lot of chagrin while watching this myself. Nah, it's pretty chagrinless. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fun and funny, but I do want to give you credit for something because I followed chagrin rules in watching this, and meaning I did not, I, I turned it on and I didn't pause it. I just watched it straight through. And let me tell you, that's fucking pain. That can be painful. Oh, it's not, tough to do. To not pause, this, especially this movie. And oddly enough, is that fucking hang glider scene is the first time where I like legitimately, you know, it's like, oh my God, like why can't, like I just want to stop this and walk away and come back to it like in five minutes or five hours. Like I do not want to watch this scene anymore. Like just like let me fucking stop the and it's like and it's like and, and it starts becoming this kind of um internal battle where it's like it's not even necessarily about the movie per se the movie is sparking the reaction right it becomes some sort of autonomy issue where it's like you just want to stop it because you want to stop it like you've had this like emotional reaction to like i'm bored i don't want to watch this right this second and then like but then it like it gets all gets internalized and it's it's really pain it's 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 uncomfortable right and the thing is is like no one's gonna know if you stop it right right (laughs) yes i was sitting right here watching this fucking movie in the same place I'm sitting right now, and I was just, like, struggling with, like, you know, I just want to stop this. I want to stop this fucking movie. Like, and it becomes, like, this mantra-type thing. I feel you. So, yeah, you that's pretty impressive you. that you can, uh, like, sit there and, like, just take some of these fucking movies like that. A movie like this is fine, because... And this I was can fun! Just, I and I still get, couldn't do it. Yeah. So I can kind of just get lost in, in a movie like this, and it's fine. Like, I... I can enjoy, you know, something like American Ninja 3, and it's just, you know, like, I made my dinner first, so I ate dinner, and then, like, you know, sat here and just drank water, and it was it was enjoyable. Like, it was relaxing after a long day at work. Um, but, yeah, some of them are, some of them are, are hard. <laughs> yes, I'm sure, yes, I'm sure. So, Bradley's really bad, though. Yeah, he's terrible. Really bad actor. Um, and it's the worst part of, I think, having to watch this movie in a lot of ways. By a um, wide margin. He, uh, he reminds me of, like, a New Hope Mark Hamill. You know you know how, like, awkward, like, in terms of his voice and everything that Mark... And, man, Mark Hamill's still better as Luke Skywalker in New Hope than, than this guy is here. But it's just, like, that kind of, like... An, like he, his voice is annoying me as I'm watching it, and they do a lot of stuff 
where it's like there's long shots, like really long shots of him, like during the hang gliding scene, and they like dub his voiceover, and it's like obviously it's like a dub like of him talking, but it's like you're fucking a thousand feet away, like with the camera of him, but right. it's like you can hear, and it's like, and and it reminded me of some scene, a couple scenes from New Hope actually, and it's like, oh yeah, his voice is also annoying, like Mark Hamill, um, when he's young, and um. Yeah, I don't like that guy. He's the worst. No, don't watch American Ninjas four or five because he's in. But the- you said Dudikoff's in. If I want to be a completist with Dudikoff, eventually I'd have to watch that. You definitely would because he's in four. Yeah, so. is Steve James in that? Uh, I don't know. He might be. He might be dead by that point. Yeah, it looks like it. Hmm. That's a shame. Huh. Yeah, it's Dudikoff and David Bradley. And then, um, God, <laughs> there's a character in American Ninja 4 called Colonel Scarf Mulgrew. <laughs> uh, that guy's got to really be a funny. bad guy. <laughs> yes. Scarf. Let's think of the baddest name we can give somebody. He died in, in 93, uh, but he had pancreatic cancer leading to his death. Hmm. That's a shame. Yeah. And he's, um, he's an impressive dude, though. And he definitely, like, makes the movies he's in more enjoyable to watch so dudikoff is the same way like i love watching dudikoff that guy is just ridiculous he's not like a good actor or anything but he's so invested in the idea that he is the american ninja (laughs) or whatever it is that he's doing that he's like it's kind of like watching chuck norris you know where you don't believe that chuck norris is doing any of this shit but chuck norris believes it so much that you don't have a choice like you just have to go along I was watching Invasion USA last night, and I was like, "God damn, Chuck!" Like, what did I text you guys that like part of like Chuck Norris's rider is that you got to have like a whole room full of denim vests for him to wear <laughs> right. during the filming of the movie, right? Yeah. So, what's this the officialize it? What is your um, chagrin score? That's like a four. However, this movie's weird, this movie's weird. enjoyable. I would go even lower than that. Eh. You know what make you know what makes it a four a hundred percent is yeah. shit like the hang gliding scene. Yeah, like scene that scene rough. goes on for so long, mm-hmm. and it's like not even entertaining because all it is is like a long camera shot of just somebody on a hang glider. And, and I watched this like five days ago, almost at this point. So it's like if I remember correctly, isn't it like the scene with all of it starts, and then it's like, and then it starts over almost, like because of like what's his face having the problems and then they do it like over again kind of it's like where it's like oh this is the scene and it's a fucking plane or hang glider thing and then it's like and then there's an like, then it's basically like oh we gotta do this again and or am i imagining that and it just feels it's it just lasts a really long time because his plane starts to go down and then sean is like no just start your plane again and he does and then his plane's flying he's like hey i'm good and then he's like oh i'm going down again he's like no all you got to do is start and he's like no what you got to do is you can't land on the road you got to land on that moving truck right that curtis is driving because that's the only way that you're gonna live and then so somehow dexter who's never flown a plane before lands on the moving truck perfectly with no collateral damage to himself or the truck or Curtis, who's driving the truck, but then just like dies to a random arrow to the chest because fucking Sean's got to be a fucking ballerina <laughs> and catch some goddamn arrows out of the air. 
oh i don't know i enjoyed it but um yeah it it plot wise like uh ridiculous and like the whole thing's absurd to some degree but uh, like to a large degree i guess but um it's yeah it was an enjoyable movie and took me back to the 80s and kinds of things you see on television like in the early 90s like i liked it yeah i mean again it's like i i really find canon so in the 70s you have stuff like aip and hammer and um amicus and those are like the horror houses of the 70s i think the canon is really and they did a whole bunch of other movies like i think they even won an oscar or something at one point but they bought everything but they were like solidly action sci-fi i mean life force is a canon movie oh okay um they i think yeah i, think I looked up their logo and i do remember their logo now that i you know i remember seeing it on stuff yeah you would have seen it all the time because this is the kind of shit you would have been watching in 1986 i guess like i mean i, I honestly like a lot of those things you're talking about norse movies this stuff like i i didn't i didn't like i i think it's because they were larry gasberry things like they were like shit my dad watched and it's like i would he would just watch them and i would like not watch them but there are things like you mentioned like cobra and like life force and stuff like that that i did watch like so i don't know um so i i don't know if i saw a lot of norse i'm very unfamiliar honestly with like chuck norris movies yeah you've seen one you've seen them all sure except for the one where he's fighting frankenstein that one's weird oh what the fuck is that one <sighs> horror <laughs> something he's i mean he's chuck norris because he's never anything but chuck norris sure but there's a dude that's created a formula to bring the dead back to life and he basically is dr frankenstein hmm. and this killer returns to life because of this formula and starts to murder people and chuck norris is the sheriff and he has to ninja fight Frankenstein in order to save the day. Gotcha. I, I can't remember what it's fucking called. I watch, It was almost like a fever dream. Like I watched it um, sometime during COVID. Just randomly sitting here one night. I was like, oh, let's watch this Chuck Norris movie. And it just ridiculous. I'm, I'm going to find it. Hold on. All right. Well, let me go ahead and while you're looking that up and you can update us afterwards i'm going to go ahead and spin this uh spin this wheel while you're looking So uh, the category next week is movie a movie released by MTV Films. Oh my god, god that's mean. Whose category is that? Uh, I don't, don't wrap people out. That was a Easter category. He just wants me to watch fucking Joe's apartment or some shit. <laughs> but the secret is, is that I've the first seen thing, it. Is that the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of MTV films? That's the first MTV film movie, isn't it? Is it? I mean, it could I, be. I think so. um, could uh, be. The Norris movie is called The Hero and the Terror. Okay. The Hero and the Terror. Oh, unless I'm forced to, I'm probably never watch it. But that's it. Oh, wait, hold on. Fights Frankenstein. No, no, no. That's not what it is. Yeah. Although I have seen that movie. What the fuck is this movie called? Is in a movie called Hellbound? But that's not it. I swear to God, it's from the eighties. 
dude, this is a rough category because you've seen so many of these MTV movies, I bet. Like from MTV films that it's going to limit you. And you're going to have to watch something that's probably not good. Oh, it's Silent Rage is what it's called. Silent Rage, okay. And a 1982 action crime science fiction film. <laughs> How many of those are there? Directed by Michael Miller. Starts Chuck Norris as a sheriff who must stop a mentally ill man who goes on a rampage after being granted near indestructibility in a medical experiment. Oh, fuck. That's that movie. I know that cover. Like, I used to see that cover all the time in the video store. But you had no idea it was Chuck right. Norris fighting fucking Frankenstein. Right. I don't even know if I knew it was Chuck Norris. I'll be honest, because he just has the mustache. He doesn't have a beard. All right. Let's look <laughs> up this list of MTV films. Yeah. So, uh, as a transition into, um, like, wrapping up a food chat. Um, so, Tom Sizemore passed away this weekend. And it feels like um, somebody who I think was just in enough stuff in our lives probably to just talk about him briefly. Um, which role do you associate Sizemore with the most, do you think? Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers, yeah, Skagnati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then Reservoir Dogs after that. It's interesting because he's not... Uh, Oh no, that's Michael Madsen. It's Michael Madsen, and they're and the Chris same. They're the I, same right? fucking person. So that is one thing I want to bring up about Sizemore. Is so, I think look wise, I actually associate Sizemore when I think of how Sizemore looks. I associate it more with the character from Heat. Um, hmm. but in terms of performance, if you just said like you know, what do you think of like when you think of Sizemore in terms of performance? Like I, I do think of Natural Born Killers, and I think of Scagnetti. I think yeah. Um, and, but I, but I guess it's just the way he's like, I don't know. There's something about the way he looked in heat that like, that's how I associated with him, even though he's like lost weight since then through the years. And, um, we talked about him last week, uh, briefly, he was in some, a few scenes of hashtag unknown, um, which was your chagrin movie last week. And um you didn't really even recognize him at first and a lot of that has to do with the drugs and alcohol i mean he's had a pretty storied like personal life i guess um with the heidi fleiss stuff and the drug and alcohol abuse and um and that was going on even during his heyday in the 90s um like all that stuff but um i i do think as a he's he has a good track record i think of movies like you know um and he's been i think like tangentially related throughout our entire lives in the sense of like a true romance um a lot of like 90s films that we don't think about but we've seen and he was like the second like bad guy in them or like the corrupt cop so like things like striking distance and passenger 57 like even if we didn't like think of him as tom sizemore then and seeing those things because you've seen both of those movies right yeah yeah Yeah, it's like but it's like oh yeah that's right i do kind of remember the idea that he was like the corrupt partner or something like that which is very much like chris penn and michael matson roles like um and i and i do think that there was this opportunity for him to be bigger um if he had been more trustworthy back then but i mean you look at his filmography 
like of of good movies overall good to you know or at least popular or something like you know um some of these debatable with you but it's like true romance natural born killers strange days devil in a blue dress heat the relic which we've talked about that he's like that's like the one few few things that he's like a lead in kind of um a probably his most famous role for a lot of people is that like kind of a good natured compassionate um uh sergeant in saving private ryan um like tom hanks right hand in it yeah that might that 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 might be his best role even i would argue yeah it takes really he's really good in that movie he is um and we do have that on the list to like talk about finally like later this year um since we probably wouldn't talk about it otherwise but um so i'm interested in watching that performance again but i do remember it's like what they're doing is like what spielberg i guess does is casts him and kind of twist a little bit and take some of the same behavioral aspects of like a typical sizemore role and cast it in like this like it makes him like just a human being as opposed to like some kind of corrupt you know um degenerate in some ways like you know that he he gets typecast as and and it comes off to good effect um you know but uh it goes downhill from there um in terms of like the roles yeah i mean he's in some things that are popular like you know or at least known any in the estate bringing out the dead get carter pearl harbor but it's like it really goes downhill um there and sadly enough the last movie i looked it up that i saw him in uh was during the quick cage days was uss indianapolis which men of honor mm. men of courage oh men of courage you're right i'm sorry and that was embarrassing it was it was because i don't know if you remember that me being shocked like when we were what me you and orion watched it one night um and i was like so shocked by how bad the performance was by sizemore um He's the crazy one in the boat, right? He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really bad performance. Yeah. But um the guy has a, re- a couple of really notable roles and um you know, I mean I mean, you think about it like when we were young, it's like, you know, I mean, he's 60 he was 61. Like he was less than 20 years older than us, and I would have never guessed that like in my life. I would have thought that he was like in the 70s maybe or like close to 70 at least but um do you know do you know what's really sad about like his filmography is how many movies are just like black entries on wikipedia that don't have a link oh yeah um well it's because he became persona non grata um and the drug addiction and the alcoholism and all those kind of things that were going on with him just got worse and worse like he did end up getting clean apparently at some point like i know de niro was really pivotal in like trying to get him into rehab and he was on celebrity rehab back when i was um a piece of shit and watched like reality television like that um like back in tivo days that was i think because uh, <laughs> i would tivo celebrity rehab um but uh yeah so I think, it was, yeah, 2013 is when he finally, like, I think, achieved sobriety. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Um, but, I mean, back in 2019, he's arrested again for drug possession. So, I mean, 
it, it was all going to run this time. He was untrustworthy. Like nobody really wanted to cast him that much. Like some people did favors to like get him into some things like that Nick Cage movie. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a shame um, that his, uh, that his addictions like kind of kept him out. Cause I think there's, I think there was definitely like at least probably like four or five more roles in his life that could have been good and notable um, probably in, in some pretty major things. You know, it'd be really funny to do. Um, although maybe not like right in the wake of his death. <laughs> just watch all those movies that are blacked out. I would just like to go through the list and try and make up what the story is to those movies mm. to see how close you are. Mm. So let's do 2022 alone because he was actually pretty prolific um, last year. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Holy <laughs> shit. Vamp Father, where he plays Dr. Uminus. Damon's Revenge, where he plays Sheriff Walsh. The Electric Man, where he plays Jace. Impuritus, where he plays Detective Clayton Douglas. Project Skyquake, where he plays Hank. Bullet Train <laughs> Down, where he plays Scott Madison. Night of the Tommyknockers, where he plays Marshall Steed. <laughs> Battle for Pandora, where he plays Commander Hank Lewis. That, that is some fucking Avatar-ass shit repuff. Mm-hmm. Amber Road, where he plays Pluto. Dine and Dashians 3, where he plays Shitman. That's S-H-H, and then in quotations, Shitman. Hitman. It's a short, though. Oh, that's true. But still, you know, who knows? Yeah. And H- Hedonia, The Fallen, where he plays Bossman Roy, also a short. Mm-hmm. And then The Legend of Jack and Diane, where he plays Detective Parker. Why do I know that title? It's, you're thinking of something. Well, Jack and Diane is that. Um. Yeah, I know, I know. But I think I... I think this movie has been recommended to me. He was also... What TV show was he on that, like, only lasted a season, but it looked like it could have had some... Oh, Robbery Homicide Division, which I, like, reviewed. Oh, and then there's, um... He's rolling Twin Peaks. That's right, I forgot about that. The... The revival, which is a good role of his. Remember, he plays um the the piece of shit asshole that is working with Dougie Jones, that um is trying to like is is corrupt and is like and, yeah you're and right tries to end up poisoning him. Um, there's a couple good roles like him and Belushi like in the revival that it, like uses these actors, um that like nobody cares about anymore really and. Use them to good effect. But yeah, I forgot about that role in, in the revival. Yeah, that was the last thing I saw him in, actually. Not USS Indianapolis. And that was good. Because that's a hilarious scene when he breaks down, like when he's like, he can't bring himself to poison Dougie. And he just starts breaking down and admitting everything to Dougie, even though like Dougie said absolutely nothing like <laughs> the entire time. That's a really like funny like comedy bit um, that he does and does well. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so let's go back. Vamp Father. What's that? Are we we actually doing this? Yeah, we're doing it. This is how how we're going to honor him. Um, it's a wacky, like, horror comedy. Right. About a young teenage vampire who, um can't reconcile herself with her dad and her disease Mm -hmm. 
I mean, look, I, I'm going to say you're going to be mostly accurate on these to some degree. Damien's Revenge. It's just Damien's Revenge. Damien's oh, Revenge Damon. would probably be more interesting. <laughs> um, Damien's Revenge is some, like, dusty town in the southwest where some guy who was wrong comes back. And it was um, Sizemore as the sheriff that was part of the wronging. It's also called Burial Ground Massacre, apparently, and Michael Matson is who plays Damon. Oh, well, I feel like I'm probably 100% accurate then well, in that description. It's on Tubi if you want to watch them. Um, I bet um, they all are. <laughs> uh, let's see. group of young adults spend a weekend at a friend's house by the lake. Joined by the local sheriff, the group encounters an escaped convict, Native American chief a copycat killer and the return of return of the terrifying mass stalker Damon. Oh, well, I was completely wrong. <laughs> That's fine though. Yeah. Uh the electric man. Isn't that based on a story? Which one? The electric uh, man? Some Ray Bradbury shit, I think maybe. Hmm. All that's coming up is this movie for the Electric Man. Maybe Ray Bradbury's too ashamed. Is it also? It is also on YouTube. Nice. <laughs> you know what? Let's go ahead and make that's, the most of this time. Start adding things to Tubi. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, he's like fifth down in the cast. Oh, Eric Roberts is in that movie though. Oh my Which, god, it's been it did fulfill another one of my fucking Yeah, right? And um And you know who else in that movie? Who? Vernon Wells. Really? Yep. Tired in here. Let's see, what else is on old 2022? Impuritus. Impuritus. <laughs> what do you think Impuritus is? Some kind of like seven ripoff. Mm. Um, I'm already confused by like the first sentence of this. It is not anywhere, apparently. Um, Just so you know, Tom Sizemore is the number one person listed on the cast of The Electric Man. Oh, on there. <laughs> when a mild-mannered meter reader for the electric company is shocked by 12,000 volts, his life becomes a psychedelic blur of reality and fantasy. 100% not based on anything Ray Bradbury ever did. So, Right. All right, so Impuritus, a police detective, Clayton Douglas, is summoned to a remote hospital to witness a mysterious Civil War veteran's outrageous deathbed confession that forces him to accept the supernatural so it's a horror movie that is a period piece nice i guess um but that's not anywhere in Puritus. uh project skyquake what do you think then he plays hank what do you think this movie is about and who what role is hank uh there's some government conspiracy to try and control the weather or some shit and hank is the civil servant that helps bring it down i don't know 
That's also on Tubi. Oh shit. <laughs> you can't add them quick enough. I know. After strange trumpet like sounds in the sky have been reported at locations around the world based on like true things, um, a wannabe journalist sets out to investigate with her best friend, but they soon find themselves facing an encounter with terrifying results. So I don't know what this movie's about. Oh, it's so. a fucking um, end of days thing. Mm. If it's trumpets, it's going to be some kind of fucking. Oh my god, this cover is ridiculous. Well, you, have you seen those videos of like those weird like trumpet sounds like around the world and stuff like that? Uh, okay. I'm believing that shit. It looks like a found footage movie. Okay. Uh Sizemore is third on the Tubi list, but that is on Frank's Okay, list. I'm I, I'm jumping one. <laughs> I'm jumping one here. What do you think Night of the Tommy Knockers is? Um some terrible like attempt to link themselves to uh Stephen King by using like an actual piece of folklore. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be some like thing where people are trapped in a house and they're being or trapped somewhere and there's these creatures outside that are coming after them like the Tommy knockers or whatever. Holy shit. First of all, um it looks like it's potentially Richard Grieco is the star of this movie. Oh no um, shit. Well, I gotta and, watch that. <laughs> and it's on Prime for free. Prime um, yes. I'm on Tubi. Eh. Enough There's to go one. back. When my when miners blast for gold in the eighteen seventies. Okay, that doesn't need an apostrophe in nineteen in eighteen seventies. Um they accidentally release ancient creatures known as Tobinockers. The town of Deer Creek, Nevada is soon under siege with only a handful of survivors held up in a local saloon. And yeah, Richard Grieco's on the cover. He's the star. That's pretty sweet. Um, I think, this, and that was the one I was the closest on. And I think, and this is the second time Robert Lasardo and Angela Cole have been in a cast list because they were just in, I believe, the Project Skyquake cast list, or at least, yeah. So one of them was Robert Lasardo, which I've seen in various television shows over the years. All right, next one. Okay, we skipped bullet train down. What the... I mean, because that's another thing. Black Hawk Down is another like you know, um, famous kind of famous like Sizemore role. Um, so this is bullet train down. What do you think this is? Uh terrorists have taken over a bullet train, like a high speed train on its like inaugural fucking journey, and Tom Sizemore is a passenger on board that like somehow runs afoul of them or something i don't know yeah i don't know what his role is exactly but um on its maiden run the world's fastest bullet train is rigged with a bomb that will explode if it dips below 200 miles per hour (laughs) can you imagine pitch like where is that pitch being made like in, in, in the toilet of a denny like i got this idea Right next have you ever the, seen it's right next to the glory hole <laughs> have you ever seen speed <laughs> well imagine that but on a fucking train <laughs> i got size more hey board. that's better that's better than a fucking boat <laughs> so yeah. i'll give them that that's true <laughs> i'm size words out there eating the moons over my hammy just hoping to... <laughs> on, on speed <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's how you got to eat it, man. You don't choke that shit down quick. It's going to come out one way or the other. Okay, let's see if you're right about Battle for Pandora. Um, it's some science fiction thing that's a ripoff of uh, Avatar. After, uh, so that last one, the the Bull Train movie, whatever, you can't, you have to rent for a dollar ninety-nine right now. Um, this one you also have to rent. So after a help, one star on Google. After a help signal from a research vessel makes it back to Earth, the U.S. Space Force sends a rescue ship to Pandora, a moon of Saturn. Um, can I get a better description? Of that that feels like I don't know any. Oh my god, I was exactly right about vamp vampire. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot to look that one up. What oh, a, so- a youthful vampire with dreams of becoming a human rejects her father's throne in the wake of a family tragedy while struggling to avoid a murder rap. Holy shit, Danny Trejo is the vamp father. Yeah, Danny Trejo is is um I don't know. Oh, that's on two B two. Good job. Yeah, it's added to my list. <laughs> All right, uh. What are we at? Amber Okay. I have my own thoughts about Amber Road. What do you what do you think Amber Road is? Uh young kid gets fucking kidnapped and um by Tom Sizemore, who's like some kind of like serial killer. I don't know. I think I think the fact that his name is Pluto, I think it's some sort of like odd um combination of like the hills have eyes plus um, like, uh, what am I trying to think of here? Like something like a Cormac McCarthy novel or something like that. Like, well, it's not on Tubi, so. All right, well, hold on. Let's see. It's okay. It's not anywhere. Um, what uh, what does this say here? That size bad there. This is a horrific tale filled with twists and turns in a world where nothing is as it seems. A couple Thanks. find themselves imprisoned by a serial killer driven by the demands and depravity of individuals finding a community on the dark web. Holy shit, this looks like... Uh, remember, like, the live-action um, CD-ROM games from the um, 90s? Huh? That's exactly what this film looks like in the trailer that's being played with no sound. Oh my god, there's Lo- Robert Losardo again? Okay, there's some kind of thing where it's like this must be the same production company and they're just casting the same people. There's Vernon Wells again. There's Rachel Riley. I've seen her name a couple of times. So this whatever's going on here, like he just filmed like a bunch of movies like back to back to back to back. I think. In different roles. Um, Oh, that's a short. So are we done? No, The Legend of Jack and Diane. Um... Uh, I can't even guess. I mean, I probably think it's probably like some kind of. What was the name of that movie with um, the black couple who Robert Lassard is also are on the run from. Uh... You remember what I'm talking about? We saw, we saw trailers for it like right before COVID. <sighs> something in Queen or something like that. Hmm. Slick, slim and queen or slick and queen i don't know i wish i i wish i knew what you're talking about now i'm not sure man we're like they get pulled over by a cop and he kills the cop by accident and then they have to go oh, on the run. that sounds vaguely familiar killing the co- yeah i don't know that's what i think this movie is is like the white guilt version of that <laughs> okay 
So here it is. Jack and Diane are forced to leave Indiana after discovering discovering secrets about the death of Diane's mother. When their worst fears are confirmed by the chief of police, Jack and Diane create a, quote, hit list, unquote, and exact revenge on everyone involved. I still don't know if I understand what's going on there, but here's a trailer. It's not. It's it's also not available. It definitely is not on Amazon Prime. Directed by Bruce Beloshi. What does this guy do? Nothing I remember. Okay. Um, he's wearing sunglasses though. He's got three movies that are due to come out that um are posthumous releases. The, 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 right. So his last one is going to be Made Vicious. What do you think? Um, what do you think Made Vicious is about? His last role. Maybe it's sort of like a take on falling down, where like some unassuming like salary man gets pushed to the brink, and um, that's Tom Sizemore. You know, he's like he's he's been pushed too far, and he can't take it no more. And his name is Victor because he's always the loser, but now he's going to be the victor. Now he's the victor. <laughs> he's the vicious victor. Um, okay, Jim, who is not him, right, is a widower trying to raise his daughter while keeping the peace in a small town. I guess he's law enforcement then. While dealing with his debt to Victor, a mobster, a monster is awakened and begins to wreak havoc. Oh, because <laughs> it's like Victor Frankenstein. Oh, Brian Thompson's in it. That is hysterical. Jamie Gallagher. Why do I know that name? What was she in? She's famous for something. Hmm. I don't know. Wasn't she famous when she was young? No, I guess not. I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, yeah. So, do you know who Brian Thompson is? Do you know who I'm talking about? Do you know I feel the, like I do. The, the, he was he was in Cobra, right? Um, he he's the alien from X Files, right? The big muscular dude. Uh huh. Weird face. Huh. Made vicious. Okay. Um, rest in peace, uh, Tom Sizemore. Good roles. You were sick recently. Yeah. Like very recently yeah, um the past few days yeah so food chat i don't know how long this will be but it's like only thing i could think of considering i think we've like broached most topics at this point um sick foods like first of all what do you eat when you're sick like what's your go-to's uh this past weekend i ate water because yeah. I had no appetite and everything else felt like it would come out in the worst possible way. So mm-hmm. I ate nothing. Mm-hmm. So basically from when I ate dinner on Friday night, um, till this morning, I had zero food. It was awesome. Okay. Oh, that's no, that's not true. I'm sorry. I ate a little bit last night. Um, just to see if I could keep it down and I could, and it was fine. So. Okay. So this was a stomach issue. What about like, other illnesses like you got like a cold you got like you know this kind of thing do you have go-to like sick foods are you like a chicken noodle soup person um 
or do you do something else? Not so much chicken noodle soup. Um, I like uh, uh, like hearty soups when I have a cold. Okay. So like the chunky soups or like my go-to Dinty Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am a big fan of cold sandwiches when I have a cold. Hmm. Um, I don't know why, but like I like like a nice cold cut sandwich when I'm sick. That's probably really weird. The thing I like the best when I'm sick is like a modified hot toddy. So I just do, you know, hot water, lemon, honey, and whiskey together. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to. That's like my favorite thing to put inside me when I'm not feeling well because it mm-hmm. cleans up. Of- do you just use what lunch meat is there? Like, what kind of sandwiches you making when you're sick? That is That's, weird. Um, I usually order out, so I'll usually get like okay. a sub of some kind. All right. Um, because I feel like the 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 saltiness of the lunch meat, mm-hmm. like, is one of the few things when you have like a really bad cold or whatever that you can like taste really well. Mm. So if you get something like, makes sense. Not like not to make fucking the spin chagrin like the italian sub chat but you get something like an italian sub right and you've got like the pungency of like the the lunch meat and then you get like onions and you get mayonnaise and salt and pepper and all those flavors like it just like you can actually taste it and i feel like it's like with soup like soup can go cold you know and you feel like you have to eat it all at once like a sandwich you can like cut a small part off and eat that small part and then Mm-hmm. refrigerate it and go back and you know eat it later um i don't know i just i like when you're super hungry i think that it's like a really filling thing and the bread fills you up and i don't know yeah i'm down with it makes sense um so that's sinus related stuff um so what is the first thing you've ate <laughs> since uh, you, like since you like felt better enough to actually eat what you go? What what was the thing that like got you back in the world of eating? I ate a piece of toast last night just to <laughs> see if it would stay down, and it did. <laughs> and then this morning at around like eight o'clock, I ate a pack of peanut butter and honey crackers, like Lance crackers. Yeah. And then I had a pack of um, Thai chili spice tuna. Mm-hmm. Like the um, chicken of the sea or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tonight for dinner. Oh, so this person that used to work with us at um, work, she got a job at a place that has like, there's fucking like meals you can order for like $6 a piece. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name brand that she works for, mm-hmm. but she sent us a whole big box of like free samples of that stuff mm-hmm. um so i ate their chicken cacciatore tonight that was mm-hmm. my first like true like meal how'd that end up like just in terms of the like how, how was it good or like was it uh weird? it was fine it didn't it was not chicken cacciatore it was more like a like a poor man's gumbo i would call it mm. kind of like a spicy brown gravy with just chunks of chicken and like some vegetables. Um, I mean, it tasted fine. Is I it, would not. I would not spend. If, like, if 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 they created a hot pocket called a chicken cacciatore hot pocket, is what 
this was what you would find in the inners maybe of that hot pocket no absolutely not it's, it's, it wasn't even close to like real chicken cacciatore okay i assume i assume the problem is that tomatoes have too much sugar in them so there's probably something that's like either there's something that's like non whatever oh because it's I, I don't know Fucking you're an anti-hot pocket person right no hot pockets are fine oh i thought you like disliked hot pockets i mean i dislike some of them some of them are disgusting like what uh, i'm not a big fan of the chicken cordon blue hot pocket <laughs> i like the pepperoni pizza hot pocket and <laughs> i like the philadelphia cheesesteak hot pocket okay yeah that was a good one um i think the meat about the sausage oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the, the the sausage is fine okay the meatball one's weird because the meatballs don't taste like good meatballs. So right. it's true. It's true. It's um, something you put in your stomach. It is. It is. To um, I I think the I think that's the only one I so far I disagree with you on is the is the I I like the chicken cordon blue one. There's or no, hold on, am I misremembering? No. Ham and, chicken, no, it was made ham and ham and cheese was good. Like, ham and cheese is fine, but there's something about the chicken in the hot pocket. That I'm not a huge fan of. I don't know. Yeah, why. the chicken in the hot pockets are weird because they did other ones too. Like there was like Italian sauces with chicken, and like I can't remember what which one that was, but um, but those weren't good. Okay, I thought you disliked hot pockets. If you were gonna make a chicken cacciatore hot pocket, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. you First have... of all, would you eat it? Would you try I would, it? I would try it. Sure. Right. Um, obviously you'd have chicken. You'd have tomatoes, onions, peppers, and diced pepperoni. That would be your hot pocket. Okay. And obviously, you have to have cheese in a hot pocket. So, be some cheese in there too. Sure. Okay. Uh, you. What the fuck is going on here? All right. So, I haven't looked at hot pockets in forever. What um, you going to eat? Uh, hot pockets. Good job. Um, you've always done that really well. So, there's a buffalo style chicken hot pocket now. I buffalo blasted that. crust. Is no, what it says on the yeah. What about chicken? Well, it's the same chicken, right? But it's chicken, chicken bacon ranch hot pockets. No, I'm not a big fan of chicken bacon ranch. Both anything. of those are the big and bold version of hot pockets because I guess they have like a spinoff of like the original hot pockets. Now it's like big and bold. I do not find chicken bacon ranch anything to be um appealing i think it's a disgusting flavor combination what about the uh breakfast uh hot pockets did you ever try those back in the day no i don't believe in fake eggs um they got an apple apple wood <laughs> looks how fancy that sounds applewood bacon egg and cheese um hot no, it would be i mean it's unfortunate but it would not be good those fucking eggs are just no it <laughs> this, uh -huh. this is too much of a rabbit hole but <laughs> I hey. I am I am not a fan of fake egg, and actually I think that I have an allergy to fake egg. I think so, or like certain kinds of eggs. Uh -huh. I don't know. Eggs used to make me really sick when I was younger. Really? Yeah. So it happened the first time when I was eighteen, maybe. Um, we had gone to the Elkton Diner. Um, and I had gotten scrambled eggs and sausage, and I took like three bites of my scrambled eggs and had to run to the bathroom and vomit. Huh. 
and it was like an immediate like my stomach just like flipped and was it like what did you say it was scrambled eggs or yeah they were just scrambled because so I, mean, I don't i don't really trust like much i don't trust many places with their egg preparations because i feel like you can't trust them to be cooked enough but scrambled like you can tell if that egg's cooked right like you can right. see it so i don't know it was really upsetting and i just like vomited like my whole life out mm. so so i found even, other... oh, e- even now if like i make my own eggs every once in a while like it'll turn my stomach a little bit really i can't eat like a whole lot of eggs at once i have to eat like a exact amount and i love eggs too so it's really kind of depressing to me but what's your favorite what's your favorite type of egg we've already like, had this conversation have we yes I mean, this is why this is why food chat's coming to an end. You understand? Because it's like it's all the same fucking topics. Well, no, it doesn't but now matter. We're pocket. Now we're on hot pockets. Now we're on hot pockets, though. And I found another big and bold. They have, a, they have a um, double pepperoni pizza. Nice. That's under the big and bold category. I bet it is big and bold. That thing probably weighs like six. Pounds. It's fifty percent larger according to the packaging. Um, um, it has a herb. Blast herb 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 um blasted crust herb is herb is a man and herb is a thing that you eat herb herbs and spices herbs and oh. spices <laughs> see now I don't even know which one's right you got <laughs> up. herbs um, and spices they all sit there and say except, except for the double pepperoni pizza um the other two have seventeen grams of protein that it has to advertise like on the box um. The double pepperoni pizza has 18 grams of protein. It's a lot of protein. <laughs> so, so those are the big and bolds. It doesn't. Hold on, let me just check real quick. I think that's the that's the end of the big one. Oh no, there's one more big and bold. Oh shit, it has 16 grams of protein. <laughs> it's 50 percent larger as well. Steak nacho. Snake nacho. Snake nacho. Snake nacho. Steak nacho. Um, fucking Frank's not on board. Um, snake nacho. It has a nacho spice blasted crust. That sounds amazing. <laughs> All right, I'm Jesus down. I, 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 I would try that one. Jesus Christ. Um, give, me, give me some snake nachos. Can like I get like I want to know. I just. No, you're not going to give it to me, are you? You're not going to tell me. What you going to eat? Oh, hot pockets. <laughs> when I'm on the Hot Pockets website. You get, hold on. I'm going to just share my screen so you can see like how fucking absurd Oh, hold is. on. I got to accept the fact that you're recording me. I know, I'm going to like turn everything into um look 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 at like this the the like basically their fact sheet right here like like this is the details you get is made with 100% real cheese 16 grams of protein per sandwich no artificial flavors 50% larger compared to a standard hot pocket I get nothing else that's well, all you that's get. all you need to know right it's big and bold motherfucker. Steak nacho, nacho spice blasted. <laughs> Fucking so there's steak and cheddar now. Um, I don't think that existed 15 years ago when I ate hot pockets. Um, is it flavor blasted? Big and bold. Yeah, it actually it is. Uh, it was a uh, crispy butter crust. 
Mm. They they all say the crust now. So the Philly cheesesteak, um, like the, the sorry Philly steak and cheese hot pocket is seasoned crust. Mm. Meatballs and mozzarella, garlic buttery crust. They they they've realized it's like you and the dips. It's like they've realized that it's like if they can like try to like get you like somehow with the crust with using some new language that maybe it sounds more appealing. Um, crispy buttery for the ham and cheddar now. They 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 talk about the crust. Um, pepperoni pizza is now garlic buttery crust. Um, why are they talking about the protein in these things? 10 grams of protein. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to convince you that that somehow can fit into your diet. Right. Like you can't say 752 calories per bite because then people are going to be like, oh my God, I can't eat that. But if you say, hey, I got 14 grams of flavor blasted protein up in this bitch, you're like, yeah, I need protein. You shove it into right. your fat fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it cool down. Just like one hand, the fucking <laughs> hot pocket, <laughs> and just like hey, like half a half the fucking hot pocket's gone in one bite. You don't let that shit cool down. You're huffing. <laughs> your <laughs> as you fucking deep throat that hot pocket dick. <laughs> uh, let it all just like all all those juicy flavors inside just squirt out like right. right it's it's mouth. it's dripping on your fucking. Right. Your, it does just down your to... stained Hanes T-shirt that's got the crinkled neck because you don't know how to fucking do laundry. You goddamn <laughs> cretin! Eat your fucking hot pocket. You can't cook yourself a dinner, but you can microwave your fucking seven thousand. <laughs> And trans fat having ass. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, so we already talked about buffalo blasted. Fucking the the ranch blasted is the chicken bacon ranch. So, so you get double ranch. You get ranch inside, and then it's ranch blasted. Right, it's blasted with ranch. Listen how lame pepperoni pizza, like traditional pepperoni pizza and ham and cheddar sound though. Like the crust, pepperoni pizza, crispy crust. Yeah, what's what? What else do you need? You just get the crispy ham and crust. cheddar croissant crust uh, but that's the best crust like honestly that's the most appealing crust that you've said i don't need it like black when you say you don't blasted, need blasted. <laughs> when someone I says something described blasted honestly. right when someone says something is blasted i have my own fucking image that comes to my mind and it's not something i want to put in my mouth ah. right You know what I really love, though? I've actually come to really enjoy again mm-hmm. is um, uh, Totino's pretzel roll or pizza rolls. Mm. I will buy like the 50 pack of Totino's. Yeah. And over the course of two weeks, like every night or every like once in a while, I'll eat like 10. So, you know, I have like like when I'm watching a movie, I'll just make like 10 pizza rolls and just eat them i mean i know it's not good for me but man those things are fucking delicious right uh you know what that was i was never a big totino's person like where a lot of kids were like i was like i'll make this nine uh, i'll wait until everybody's asleep 
and then I will make this like nine piece Elios. Yeah, that's also I was thinking about buying Elios this weekend when I go to the grocery store. I wish store. I could eat Elios. Um actually yeah. my secret was I was thinking about buying bagel bites because I haven't had a bagel bite in forever. No, I did like a bagel bite. That was one thing my mom that, did. Those get. tiny little cubes of pepperoni mm-hmm. on top. Mm. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. But I think <laughs> I'd like to eat them. Right. Right. they they have very specific taste. They it's do. Di- it's different. It's it's a little different than everything is than every other thing that you ever ate in your entire life, and um, it's not great, but it's different, and and it tastes good sometimes, except for when it doesn't. Um, all right, so maybe maybe this is how we like spread it out is <laughs> like just like take very specific food items like hot pockets, and um whatever we have a grand finale coming up someday like it's got to happen at some point this year all right so figured out something there hot pockets i i haven't had a hot pocket since like 2008 maybe it's funny because i forgot to because i used to live on hot pockets you remember that Uh uh-huh i um i forgot to pack lunch the other day and uh i didn't feel like ordering out because it seemed like like excessive because it's so Mm -hmm. fucking expensive to doordash so i was looking in the commissary at work and um they had like three different flavors of hot pockets and Mm -hmm. then they had the totinos in the middle and i just chose the totinos (laughs) uh i bet you i wonder if i can eat the cheddar like if there's cheddar inside of a hot pocket i bet you i could do that maybe Maybe I'll eat a hot pocket here soon. See what see what's going on in. in what you gonna years. eat? Oh, hot pockets! You have to make you have to sing that song when you eat it. <laughs> I remember you've made that claim before. But that's what you gotta do. Um, so, so you, what other choice do you have? Do you do that? I haven't eaten a hot pocket in a long time, I, so of course <laughs> I don't. Did you do it then when you did eat hot pockets? Did you sing that song? I'm sure I did. Did you do it while I was like microwaving or something? <laughs> actually, when I was looking at the hot pockets the other day, I actually sang that song while I was like, like, what am I gonna eat? Oh hot pockets. <laughs> but then it wasn't true because I didn't eat a hot pocket. Right. Uh, all right. So I think if I I think if a food item has like a traditional song or like something You need to sing it? You know what else? Like I and I don't eat them very often. It's been a long time. But when I eat fruit roll-ups, or when I see a fruit roll-ups, I gotta go. I love my fruit roll-ups. Cha 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 cha. I don't know if you remember that commercial, but I do not remember that commercial. Yeah. So have we done? We've done snacks, right? I think so. Like potato chips and all that kind of stuff. Have we done that uh, kind of thing? I don't remember. Like bag snacks. Bag snacks, yeah, like things that come in bags. Um, <laughs> I think we've talked about chips, but I don't know that okay. we've talked about like other bag snackables because there's other things I like I that are bag like, snacks. I don't feel like doing that research. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's all blending together, so maybe like like really like small topics. Um, a specific food brands are the thing to do. Like next week, we'll do like great starts or something. Um, I don't know what that is. You don't know what great start breakfasts are? I dude, I don't eat fucking like fake ass like 
frozen breakfast. I don't, I don't eat any of that shit. You know what I have in my refrigerator? Ego waffles. I keep a pack of Egos because I'm too goddamn lazy to make waffles myself. I'll, I'll find them. You know what we haven't done? You know what? Hold on. What, what was your fucking category for next week? Um, MTV Films. That's fine. That works. I mean, we should be talking about like fucking cheesy blasters or something next week. Jesus. I already, I already found, like, <laughs> already found right. my fucking movie. <laughs> um, ice cream. I, oh, okay. We haven't talked about ice cream yet. Uh, it's um, a good topic. I have some good ice cream opinions. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me write it down. Ice cream. You know what's funny about ice MTV. cream too? Like Yeah, that goes together. Ice cream What's that? Um I've always considered ice cream like a luxury thing. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I buy often at all. Like I might buy ice cream like once or twice a year, but I love fucking ice cream. Yeah. So it's always like super exciting when I'm like decide I'm gonna treat myself to some kind of ice cream treat. Yeah. Um, well we'll talk about it next week then, because you can you can still do. I, I'd like to know the ice cream treats that you like. Still treat yourself to occasionally. Um, I'm very limited, like in what I can do. But um, but there are some things I can still do. But I used to, yeah, fucking love ice cream. Um, so all right. So next week, MTV, uh, a movie from MTV Films, and um, ice cream. Um, and hopefully no more actor deaths. So. Yeah, I didn't even realize that he had died until you told me, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a shame. So, all right. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week. Hi, Pockets. <laughs>